on today's Locked On Royals podcast. Well, the Royals had one of their most fun weekends in forever since they've hosted a World Series trophy. We talked all about that yesterday. On today's show, let's capitalize on that youth movement over the weekend and figure out which players on this roster will be responsible for taking the Royals to the next level. All this and more coming up on today's Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. And of course, we're here for you each and every day. So thank you. For making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We spent yesterday recapping the fantastic weekend that was. You had the MJ Melendez leadoff homer. You had the Nick Prado walk-off homer to bookend a game. And let's just think about that for a second, folks. It's the first time since I think the 60s in which a rookie has led off with a home run, and another rookie has walked off a game in the same game with a home run. You had that iconic moment. You had the drumming of the Red Sox on Sunday when everything went Kansas City's way. The offense was moving, and you had three hit games from you know, Massey and Eaton, you know, two of your top 15 prospects. You had great games, of course, still from Melendez, who got the Gatorade shower afterward uh, in the post-game interview. And in that interview, he talked about how this team has a connection off the field and has camaraderie and has chemistry. And that stuff can sometimes get explained away in every sport, but especially baseball. Sometimes in baseball, we sit back in our office chairs at our battle stations and use 5,000 screens and tabs and tablets to look through every data point and metric regarding these players and break them all down and, and simplify them down to a number, whatever your number of choice is on base percentage, OPS plus war, whatever you like to look at. Some, some people enjoy viewing the game through a spreadsheet and I'm never going to tell a fan how to be a fan. But as a team-building strategy, I am fascinated by Moneyball, you know, what the Oakland A's have done, the movie, the book. I'm fascinated by Brian Kenny's work with Advanced Analytics. Of course, Bill James. That interests me. Can you build a team based on market inefficiencies? Can you build a team based on statistics. Can you find the almighty stat that's all encompassing 
and get you the best players on the field. I mentioned that because, of course, the Royals are a small market and they need every advantage they can have because they can't go out and sign Mookie Betts. They can't go out and sign you know, Freddie Freeman. They can't go out and sign all of these elite players. Their only option is draft very well, and hopefully you draft some generational talents who turn out to be guys like Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. So draft very well, and then pick up Kendrick Morales and see if you can have a bounce-back season. Pick up, uh, you know, Jeremy Guthrie and see if he can have and put together a season. Edison Volquez. Those are the kind of guys, Michael A. Taylor, Carlos Santana in recent years, those are the kind of guys that Kansas City can pick up and see if they can find something. And so the data points that make them narrow down their list of guys to those specific names, I find very fascinating. However, I will say, I'm interested in, in, in how to balance that. Because I do believe that in baseball, more so than a lot of sports, you need chemistry. Now, of course, in football, you need uh, Mahomes and his receivers to be on the same uh, wavelength in terms of timing routes and everything else. Of course, in basketball, you want to know where your teammates are going to be on a given play so you can know how to get them the ball efficiently, even on no-look passes and things like that. But with baseball, I think that the chemistry matters, not in the rah-rah sense, like not in the sense of, I want to go fight for my guys. You know, I want to block harder. I want to, I want to take on Aaron Donald 101. I, I, want to, I want to go over the middle for this guy and take a massive hit but still catch the ball. Not in that kind of rah-rah sense. But in the sense of baseball is so taxing that you need chemistry and you need guys who like each other. I'd be interested in all the teams who've ever won that didn't like each other. Like we find out later, just hated each other and couldn't stand being in each other's presence. Because Aaron Rodgers did an interview on part of my take, you know, talking about the NFL season. And, and you know, of course, the, 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 throwaway line to, to get into a question was about, you know, oh, I'm sure you're so busy, busy in the season. And Rogers really laid it out where like, you know, we're actually not that busy during the season. It's a very rigid routine, but we still have time to talk on the phone and, and be with our families and do this and that. And it got me thinking, you know, baseball more so than basketball or football. Uh, and again, I'm not too fluid on the hockey schedule, but I believe it mirrors that of NBA basketball. Uh, yes. You're playing 82 games in the NBA or in, or in NHL. Yes, you're playing 17 games in, in, in the NFL. You have more days off. You have more personal days to use for your family. Of course, it's restricted in season like anything else, but it's more. With baseball, when you really piece it together to win the ultimate prize, you're playing until the end of October, but you're starting at the end of January. So you're going from the end of January whenever your guys start to get loosened up and head to surprise or head to Florida, Arizona, wherever they're going to be for spring training and start to work is when some guys head down there. Of course, middle February is kind of where, you know, the, the entire team has to be there, but there are a lot of guys who get there in a end of, end of January to get things set up and ready to go. So that being said, I understand it's, it's, modern in baseball to throw away that aspect of things and throw away the stuff that we can't tangibly um, put on a spreadsheet. And this is not a battle against advanced analytics. I, I think that they're very fascinating. And I love them, but I do think that when you're doing a pro con list or whenever you're evaluating if this rebels on the right track, or if you're heading in the right direction, 
the guys liking each other and wanting to be around each other, as MJ Melinda said after the game, as you see them all go on Twitter and every player on the roster that's on Twitter tweeting out Nick Prado after he hits that walk-off home run. That's all they say is Nick Prado. Doing fun things like that, wanting to be around each other, wanting to show up to the ballpark, having that atmosphere for a group of men who are going to be together from, let's just be conservative and say the middle of February through the end of October if they reach their ultimate goal. Day in and day out, where you're playing Monday through Friday and you're lucky to get one off day during that week and you're heading on heading on road trips that have you away from Coffin Stadium for 14 days and uh, you know, you're, you're traveling around the country. Glamorous job. You'd love to be a professional baseball player, but these things do wear on you. You're around your teammates more than you're around your blood family. You're around your teammates more than you're around your childhood friends and, and true real-life friends. And you only have you know, November and December off and January off if you're able to reach that ultimate goal. And so to get there, I think that it does mean you have to like each other. Because again, well, well, it can't be raw around the sense of, you know, I'm going to go over the middle and take a massive hit just for my guy. But it, it can be that way in baseball in the sense of, you know, we play at 7 p.m. You know, today, you know, today, Tuesday, for example, Yankees Mariners. Goes to 2 a.m., 1 a.m. They got to bounce back tomorrow, play an afternoon game. Used half their pitching staff, whatever. If you have that camaraderie, if we have that chemistry, you could view you know, that as a, hey, let's not punt today. I'm going to go out there and give my best and still show up to the ballpark. And instead of being sluggish or lazy or you know just packing it in, mailing it in for the day, I want to, you know, I want to be present and putting my best foot forward. So I think it is important to like each other. And the Royals have that accomplished. I do believe that we're seeing a team that is coming together personally and personally with each other and having fun. So that's a check mark in the right direction. Coming up though, let's talk about these young players individually and how they factor into the young plan and when we might see this team compete again. But if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you need to get on that because you're depriving yourself of one of its greatest joys in life. And guess what? There's a new flavor. It's delicious and it is cookie dough. It's covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has it done, has done it again. They've covered cookie dough chunk puffs with chocolate. It has a light, chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in that 100% real chocolate. And even though it tastes like a candy bar, it's not a candy bar. It's a protein bar. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Check them out today by going to built.com and snag a box for you and your family. It is the perfect treat for you, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them all for yourself. Like all built bars, the new cookie dough chunk puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough is the lightly fluffy texture that you will love so much. What's good about Built is that they have the bars that are made for uh, you with the collagen protein, and your body absorbs and, and is efficient in distributing that protein and provides you with health benefits. So eat some. It tastes good, and it's good for you. Uh, personally, you can use them pre-workout or post-workout or even as a meal replacement or a snack. They are very filling to me. I love Built Bar. Check them out today by going to built.com, promo code lock 15, 15% off of your next order.
We are back on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. Thank you for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball. For your second listen, Check out the Lockdown Chiefs podcast because, folks, training camp is here. The Chiefs are in St. Joe's, and the Chiefs play an NFL game, albeit preseason, this weekend, which you can watch on NFL Network and, of course, uh, enjoy Chiefs football again for however long the regulars will be playing and, and see the back-end guys as well. So check it out today. Lockdown Chiefs will have you covered pregame, postgame, and, of course, every day this week, talking about the biggest camp battles, latest signings. They saw that they signed a defensive tackle yesterday. So go check it out and uh, and support them, Lockdown Chiefs, on YouTube and any podcasting platform, just like we are. Now, we talked about chemistry. And I feel like that's a very split subject. Again, you're, I think that people are either all in on it matters or all out on who cares. I just want a guy that can hit an X mark on an X data point. You know, I want a guy who can have a... Above, uh, above 100 OPS plus is all I care about. But I do think that it matters in baseball in the sense of just the grueling nature of being around people 24-7. You're around new cultures and personalities and people 24-7, more than your real family. And of course, if you spend that much time with each other, there's going to be little tiffs and biffs. But if you like each other, it's easier to get over those things. If you have strong leadership, it's easy to get over those things. So I do think that you need a, a, a true locker room presence in baseball um, right up there with uh, you know any other sport that you need that in. Um, getting to the point of the young roster, it's great that they like each other, and it's great that the Royals are playing baseball right now at this clip because this is the future. MJ Melendez, Bobby Witt Jr., Vinny Pascantino, and... You know, Nick Prado, those are your guys that are going to usher in the next wave of contention. Then you have Michael Massey, a top 15 prospect in the lineup as well. You can also throw in Nate Eaton in there, a top 15 prospect who's on the bench. I personally haven't given up on Kyla's Bell. I think that Kyla's Bell could be an everyday outfielder for a playoff caliber team. And I'm interested to see how they kind of balance getting him in the lineup versus taking Dozier out, taking Michael A. Taylor out on a given night. It seems like they're only really comfortable right now revolving that outfield spot between, you know, Melendez occupies it whenever Salvi, uh, whenever Salvi catches and if Salvi DHs, then of course Melendez goes to catcher, then they'll put someone else in the outfield, etc. But I'm interested to see how they kind of maneuver that. But, but you count that out. And if the Royals wanted to, if this is a video game and they want to just put out their young talent and let them grow, you have MJ Melendez, you have Bobby Witt Jr. You have Vinny Pascantino, you have Michael Massey, you have Nick Prado, you have uh, Nate Eaton and Kyle Bell. You have seven of the nine guys that you're very excited about and, and hope can be a part of your long-term future already in the big leagues. Throw in Salvador Perez, who, albeit 32, he is someone to bridge the gap between the old era and new era and has been a World Series MVP, has been to the mountaintop, has won two AL pennants, has won the AL Central, has been multiple-time All-Star multiple multiple time gold glove or platinum or whatever. He's been everything you can be in this in this game. He's been an all-time great for an organization. He can help you reach those goals. So you've got you know eight of the nine spots filled right there. And we haven't even mentioned Nicky Lopez, um, who, who who 
you know, is older for prospects, prospects go, right? 27, but he had the best year of his career last year, and he's trying to build on that this year. Like the youth movement is here. The, the young guys are here. They're playing. And to me, by the you know end of the season, I think the September, I want to know. I want to know who is in and out of the plan. I want to figure out who we should be counting on, not counting on in the future. In terms of pitchers, I mean, look at the turnaround from Chris Bubich. I mean, look at his last six starts, folks. He's he's special. Brady Singer showing special stuff his last few starts. Brad Keller was stellar over the weekend. Daniel Lynch turning it around. We've seen Hazley go up and down. John Hazley. Um, at times this season, John Hazley has looked like a guy who is going to be a sharpie in the middle of your rotation. You look at the plan for the, for the rotation for two years from now, and you could sharpie his name in there. Dealt with injuries. That's kind of cost him a few starts um, to not look so pretty in the, in the, in the stat book. But I feel really good about Chris Bush and Brady Singer and John Hazley. I feel really good about those three. I think Daniel Lynch is going to come around as well. That's four out of the five right there. Now, of course, you need about six, seven starters deep uh, in base in the modern baseball era because you're going to deal with so many arm injuries and, and you're going to deal with injuries in general. So you're going to want to go deeper than that. But that's a really good start for a team who at the beginning of the year looked as though this rebuild was heading in the wrong direction because of their investment in, in, in first-round arms not panning out. That's not to mention the fact that I still hold on hope that you're, that you're going to see a pitching coach change come the off season. Like you're going to see Cal get fired and then you're going to get these young arms who are already starting to turn it around, get a fresh set of eyes on them, a fresh technique taught to them and, uh, and can kind of view their flaws and, and, and alter some things for them uh, in the bullpen, Scott Barlow, Josh Stalmont, the two you feel really good about. And that's really it in the bullpen. Uh, you know, you took the flyer on Luke Weaver that didn't pan out over the weekend. He had a, had a rough time trying to close out that Sunday massive win, uh, but you don't really feel confident with anyone in the bullpen besides those two. And those two, I struggle to put them in the, in the future, not because of anything that they've done wrong, but because at 28 years old, 29 years old for the two of them, respectfully, is there more value in holding on to them as you head into next year and head into the year after, because let's face it, it's going to be harder to make this turnaround, uh, make a 14 game improvement and get to the playoffs next year all in one season, especially for a team that can't go out there and sign a splash free agent, like a Freddie Freeman type of guy. So that being said, is it, is it more valuable to hold them for two years whenever you can contend again in two years from now, or would it be more valuable to trade them in the off season or at the deadline to improve somebody else's bullpen and get back more shots at prospects? So I struggled to, to, to kind of talk about them, of course. And then you have the wild card. Remember whenever I said that we have eight of the nine spots filled in the, in the lineup of who guys that we want to see play and guys we want to see um, develop? Yeah, that didn't include Alberto Mondesi, who has flashed all-star potential, and I know you don't want to hear it. I know the large portion of you listening to this just let out a sigh or a groan or, heck, maybe even started to lunge for that, for that dial. But if Montessi can stay healthy, he's an all-star caliber player. Now, there's a reason why I didn't say nine of nine spots. Because if Montessi's healthy, he's obviously a lock for the future, but he never is. So as Dayton Moore himself, who has never said anything even remotely negative about the franchises in his long tenure here, the only thing he's ever said publicly that can be taken negatively is about Alberto Montessi. 
He said you can no longer factor him into the plan if you're if you're Kansas City and if they no longer do factor him in when they're trying to build this roster and trying to build this team up. So I can't do that if they're not going to. But he's still a name that can get you excited if you want, if you want to believe in his potential to stay healthy. But I'm totally there with you if you are anti bringing him up in this conversation because how much can you really factor in a guy who's never going to play or who never does play for whatever the reason. Moving forward now, we've talked about the names we want to watch for. Let's talk about a realistic plan to get them back in the playoffs. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at betonline.net. BetOnline is the fastest and best way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Find your favorite sports events and the number one online source for odds, times, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be a top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts that have you covered like never before. Head over right now to BetOnline and even use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and actions today. BetOnline is where the game starts. It's this easy, folks. You type in BetOnline, you pull up their sports book, and you can start betting. You can bet baseball, you can bet football, basketball, even basketball sentences right now. You can bet on future bets. Uh, you can bet on future NFL bets. Let's let's look at the Chiefs real quick. Let's look at the Chiefs. To win the AFC, the Chiefs are the second favorites behind Buffalo. Buffalo's plus 350. Chiefs are plus 550 to win the AFC. Check them out there at Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. We are back on the Lockdown Royals Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-R-O-Y-A-L-S. Folks, I want to tell you, for your third listen, check out Lockdown MLB, the national aspect of baseball. Sully's got you covered for everything happening, I'm sure he's going to have a great recap of that fantastic game, Mariners-Yankees. Now, let's talk Royals. So what are the names? When can the Royals expect to be in the postseason? And I gave a glimpse of this answer earlier, but the Royals sit 14 games out of the playoffs, and there's more playoff spots now than there ever have been. So it's very hard to make a leap, and a, you know, a leap in the sense of going from 14 games to in the playoffs without a dramatic offseason move. And... The Royals just don't have one up their sleeve. They don't have the prospects that, to trade because the prospects that they have that are valued are in the major leagues and they're why this team is, is training in the right direction. So you trade them away and you've gained nothing. Right? You've net gained nothing. It's like if you have you know, four apples and you give two of them to Bob for two in return, sure, you got different apples, but you're in the same boat you were before. You're in the same boat you were before. So I think next year you take the step to being five games out. You know, six games out of the postseason. Then you make another minor move that could pay now, you know, like signing, you know, another marginal free agent. Then you make up those five games and, and maybe you just miss it, but maybe you get in in that, in that second year. By the third year, by three years from this date, 
the Royals should be in the thick of things. The reason being also is because while it's going to be hard to get to the playoffs in the sense of chasing down these, these top teams in the wild card race, your division is terrible. The AL Central is a laughing stock and always has been, and, and it has been in recent years. And with the White Sox regressing, with the White Sox regressing and, you know, the, 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 the Twins altering themselves, right? Like, like credit to the Twins, they're still in first place right now, tied with Cleveland. But the Twins are not a juggernaut. The, the you know, Guardians are not a juggernaut. The White Sox, in, unless they fire Tony Larissa and then figure things out, are not a juggernaut. Whereas, for example, you put the Royals in the AL East, you've got Toronto, who's up-and-coming young team. You've got New York, who's the best team in baseball and has the money to sustain it. You've got Baltimore, who's a scrappy young team and is a game out of the postseason right now. You've got Tampa Bay, who's one of the smartest teams in the league and is able to become a contender every single year. And you've got Boston, who's willing to throw money at their problems whenever they do uh, stumble on hard times as they have this year. Again, the AL East has not one, not two, but three playoff teams and a fourth team that's a half a game out of the playoffs. So that's what I mean whenever I say your division helps you get back into contention quicker than if you were anywhere else in baseball. Plus, a change to that or a wrinkle to that will be how do the flattened schedules alter things, right? Because if you don't remember in the CBA next year, the schedules are altered to where you play every team um, at least once, I believe, or if not twice throughout the season. I think it's every team once throughout the season. So obviously that means less to divisional games, so less of a chance to compile up ones in your division. But of course, you're still going to play them a very hefty amount. So to me, three years is when you need to be contending again. I could see it within two, and I think next year you need to take a step in the right direction. Get within 10, 9, 8, 5 games of the postseason. What are your expectations for Kansas City? Let me know down below. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.